you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Marcus. It's been a few weeks, guys. What am I going to write? I am itching for some sham pitching. Ooh, itching for pitching. I like that. Gosh. We talked about, we gave a little peek behind the curtain last week, and when we talked about how we have to write these intros, we painstakingly write these. Yeah, now I'm so self-conscious. That was real good, man. Good on you. Uh, Good writing, like on today's property, that we'll be pitching to you. Is this something you guys actually like? (laughs) I know this. The last couple of weeks, it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> the properties that we've been doing, but still fun, and I think today will be nonetheless interesting and fun. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a new program that's been getting a lot of buzz. It's, it's a popular one on the televisions these Ooh, days. I like the TVs. Yeah, I know you do. This one is called. Mr. Robot. Sega. Yep. Eric, Mr. Robot. I had to do the I had to do the I had to do the Sega song because their logo looks exactly like the Sega logo and it pops up on screen and I have to sing it. Alright. Mr. Robotnik. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Robotnik. <laughs> Mr. Robotnik. That's he, Dr. Robotnik. To you. He finally lost his <laughs> His, his license. His credit a day, or whatever that's called. His you degree. Can, you can only create too many, there's so many monster animal hybrids before, before they take, they take away your license. license. That's good. I like this. That's the story. Forget everything about what we were going to pitch you. This is the new story this week. And go. Writing from the perspective of Dr. Robotnik. Perfect. Damn you, Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> Flying and around in a little propelled thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, That's good. no, we're not going to be writing about that. We're going to, and talking about that. We're going to be talking about Mr. Robot, which airs on the USA Network. Um, at the time of this recording, it's or this episode dropping, I should say, uh, the second season just finished up. So maybe you watched that. Maybe you enjoyed that. I don't Ooh. know. Um, but if you want to catch up with the first season, it's on Amazon Prime what? for all you Prime members. Check it out, 10 episodes, and I would highly recommend that you do. So, what is Mr. Robot? Well, what is it? What is this thing? So, this is, in terms of genre, I would call it a drama, but it also is very heavy on the thriller elements. It's kind of a conspiracy show. There's a mystery at the center of it, in a way. A mystery. Mystery upon mysteries. Yes, exactly. Um, and in terms of the tone, it's kind of gloomy, kind of cynical, and it's a bit punk rock. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. 
We got some cyberpunk going on here. Probably it's some. It's, it's, it's some. It's some light. It's some pretty light cyberpunk. Yeah. It, I mean, you, you drop a word like cyberpunk, and I'm thinking like this is like Blade Runner, and we're like flying around, and like I'm hacking in, and 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 like it's like I'm I'm tapped in, and my brain is connected to a computer, and and it's it's this is like. That those sorts of futures, those sorts of cyberpunk stories, like this is where that began. Like this is like going back in time, back when like everything started to go down, when the corporations started to take over, and we had to start hacking them and everything. So it's like the elements are there, but it's still set in like a very realistic modern world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's not the near future cyberpunk. It is holy crap. Is, these technologies actually exist. Exactly. It's not we're not at replicants yet, but you know, you know, you could imagine in like another 20 years of this we might be there. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that's really cool about it. Yeah, the show really plays around with the fears and the anxieties that we have now and dealing with what hackers could possibly do to us now. Um, so it's set in New York and it follows Wait, New York City? New York City? Yeah, exactly. Where the salsas that are not old El Paso are made. Um, anyway, it's yes, pace. set there. Uh, is it pace? Oh man, it I, is pace. Is it? Oh dang it, I messed that one up. Sorry, my apologies. You're the second person I talked to this week who made that same reference and also called it old El Paso. Then what's old El Paso? Just bull, bull, bull. It's just nothing. Wait, is this an explicit episode, guys? Yeah, it was made on it. Just no f bombs. No f bombs. It's bullshit. Because this is <laughs> USA, right. they can't say f bombs. That's fantastic. All right. So in New York City, this follows the adventures of Elliot Alderson, who is a cybersecurity engineer by day and a vigilante hacker by night. Ooh. Played by uh, pop sensation Bruno Mars, I believe. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't actually look it up. I'm just going by by the look, oh. the face. I'm pretty sure it's Bruno Mars. <laughs> let me check the uh, let me check the IMDb yeah, here he, really it, it quick. Is, oh my! It's not. It's not Bruno Mars. The actor's what? name is Rami Malek, though he has a very Marsian look about him. What? Except he doesn't wear hats. He wears hoodies. Because <laughs> he's a hat. Yes. Yeah, he wears a black hoodie and has it up over his head and stucks around. Anyway, Elliot, <laughs> he works for a company called Allsafe, which is the primary cybersecurity provider for the largest co- conglomerate on the planet Earth, which is called Ecor or excuse me, E-Corp, but it is never referred to as that. It is always yeah. referred to as Evil Corp. Oh, clever. Uh, just outright in, in the story. It's always just referred to as Evil Corp. And we'll get to that in a second, why that's the mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. All right. So he works for, so Elliot works for this uh, cybersecurity company, but he is soon roped in to a plot by a hacker group called F Society, led by a mysterious man, the titular Mr. Robot. And they want Elliot to hack, to help them hack and destroy Evil Corp since he's on the inside. Since he uh-huh. has so he has the job there at Allsafe that works for Evil Corp. <laughs> uh, and who plays who plays Mr. Robot? Andrew? <laughs> hey buddy. It's uh <laughs> it's Christian Slater. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, man. Oh. Hey, Elliot. How you, how you doing, man? Whoa. That's good. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, I'll deliver the rest of Christian. this pitch as, as Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah. Just like a really cheap Jack Nicholson impression yeah. of what that is. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. All right. So this show... The show is very centrally focused for them. I, sh- I should say for the most part, not entirely, but the most interesting part of this show is Elliot. So Elliot is our viewpoint character, he, and he and so much so that he narrates it. We get the narration of Elliot throughout it. So it actually has it lends itself really well to prose yeah. because it is like I won't say wall to wall, but very heavy on the narration. No, this show impressed me. Like, I've only seen the first three episodes just for the sake of doing the show. Andrew's seen the whole thing. I just tried to catch up a little bit. But just in those three episodes, they do this um, just amazing work with the voiceover that it actually plays into the scenes. The narration is part of this headspace for Elliot because we are totally with Elliot's POV through a lot of this show. And that uh, narration goes right along with it in a way that is very very prosy and I hadn't seen anything that does it this well before so kudos to the show and being able to balance that like there's a lot of movies and TV shows where they'll maybe start with some narration and then like forget that they have a narrator for long stretches of time this doesn't let you forget this is always kind of in that headspace and it's awesome cool and he refers to the audience as his as his friends so he always is he's actually like talking to us and yet he himself even admits that he you're, we're just imaginary people in his head that he's talking to. He just like does this to kind of stay sane because Elliot, he's a bit of a tortured genius, um, very, I won't say antisocial, but socially inept in a lot of ways um, because he's so deep into the whole hacker thing, he interprets the world as if it worked like a program. So he refers to, like, problems in his life in, like, computer terms, like, talks and, you know, about people, like, things aren't as binary or some things are binary. He talks about debugging people and situations mm-hmm. and wanting to look at people's source code to understand them, things like that. He doesn't trust people. So when Elliot meets you, if he were to meet you, the first thing he would do is go back to his apartment and hack you in order to understand everything that you do. He usually uses phishing scams in order to get people's passwords, and this is how he kind of digs in and discovers the misdeeds of people and just kind of gets to know them. And he often will use this against bad people if he finds them. Uh, In the first episode, he finds some guy that's trading in child pornography, and he outs him to the police. So he's like Batman, but he's like Hackman. He's like Gene Hackman. Wait, not, I went not too far with this. Yeah, way too far. He's Let's not at all like that. <laughs> exactly. We came. It's all DC, baby. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so he's also a drug addict. He takes morphine in order mm. to stay numb and abate his depression because he's a very depressed person. Oh, um, he's sad. Yeah, he. Uh, he takes the drugs because he knows how lonely he is, um, because he keeps everybody at arm's length. He's very aware of that, but because he doesn't trust people, he uh, he stays lonely. Is it intravenous? How does he take the morphine? Uh, he it's pills that he 
pow- he uses a mortar and pestle to like powder them up and then he snorts them. Um, and then he takes yeah. like some other drug to s- apparently stop himself from getting hooked on it but that's i think more for his own mind than actual reality yeah i don't remember what it is but it's something that he takes that kind of abates that buzz so that he doesn't do too much morphine yeah because he's because he's got the hankering for that morphine yeah and again that's what he says so we'll get to that in a second um but yeah so elliot's big thing is he is frustrated by how society works he hates himself for protecting a corporation that he despises. Um, as we find yeah, out very yeah, soon, that's great. that uh, Evil Corp was allegedly responsible for his father's death. Um, he that was is evil. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's it. It was never proven. Um, but yeah, so he is. He dwells a lot on the death of his father. His father and he were very close, and. So, yeah, he kind of hates himself for that, but he also hates the corporation because he thinks that they have control over us. He thinks that this conglomerate has control over the lives of people. So he's people are, you know, spend their days working for greedy corporations, constantly indebted to them, making getting their money from them. Like, he thinks that people have no control over their lives. So, enter Mr. Robot, Christian Slater... He's the leader of F Society, and he shares a lot of those same frustrations as Elliot, but he's actually willing to do something about it. So he's contacted Elliot to get in on the inside, because he wants to hack Evil Corp. And Evil Corp, as the biggest conglomerate, owns 70% of the debt of the U.S. They have banks, they have also, they, like, like, everything has an E logo on it. So they're China. Oh my goodness. Um, but his idea is I don't understand that reference because I'm totally out of it, but. Uh, owning U.S. debt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thing China does. No, but like by that we mean personal debt, not the debt of the U.S. Oh, we okay. mean the debt of the citizens of the U.S. They own 70% of that debt. Yeah, okay, like credit card debt. And so, like so this affects people. This is, yeah, mortgages and loans. This affects actual working class struggling uh, Americans. So Mr. Robot thinks if they can hack and destroy all the records of that debt, because yes, he says, money is no longer on a gold standard or anything. It's just ones and zeros now. If we can erase all of that, people will gain control over their lives again and will shake up the system. And Mr. Robot is going willing to go to great lengths to do this. He says oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. in in, in uh, early episodes that he is willing to like kill people in order to do this. Um, one of his ideas that he pitches is to blow up one of the 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 locations where all this information is stored to like literally it was, like, blow it up specifically like blow up a pipeline which will then take out like the servers of some part that is controlling a bunch of this debt. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like this guy, it turns out very early on, like after uh after Elliot starts working for him, that he is just he's a he's a terrorist. He's a he's a cyber terrorist. Yeah. And Elliot, as much as he agrees with what Mr. Robot believes, he's really freaked out by what he's willing to do to do it. To to in order to make it happen. So he's kind of again pulled between these two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and working for Mr. Robot in F Society, it's a small yeah, group of people. Yeah, we just have a, a couple of people here. Yeah. Um, not too much about them. Yeah. So the main one underneath Mr. Robot is uh, Darlene, 
who's played by Carly Shaken or Chaken. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, Carly. Um, she is a, she's a hacker. Fan of the show, with, too. Shame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Darlene, she just kind of keeps popping up at Elliot's place unannounced after he's brought into F Society. Just uh, breaks in. <laughs> yeah, she just breaks into his apartment at one point. She, like, the doorknob is missing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and she's very blunt and swears a lot, very crass. And, oh, lordy, does she love the eyeliner. <laughs> uh-huh. um, she, she reminds me of, like, a really, like, mean version of Kat Dennings. I don't know why. Like, you take that quirky sort of Kat Dennings thing and you just add a lot of spite, and that that's Darlene. Yeah, it's kind of that dry delivery to most things. Um, that's, that's kind of how Darlene talks. All right, mm-hmm. Eric, who else do we got? We got Angela... Who is, uh, well, this isn't actually F Society. I don't actually know any other characters in F Society. Is there anybody else that matters? No one with a at name this point? at that point. Okay, really. that's what I thought. Yeah. So Angela is actually a friend of Elliot's. Elliot doesn't have a lot of friends, but Angela has known Elliot since they were kids when they both lost a parent to this disaster that happened that is apparently the fault of E Corp, Evil Corp. Uh, so they both lost family and they connected over that. Uh, she also works at Allsafe. She is an account manager. Where Elliot is like a you know a tech at uh, Allsafe, she is an account manager, um, and she really like cares about Elliot. Tries to get him to open up, uh, but you know that ain't an easy task. But she's just kind of kind and innocent, and she kind of seems like there there are a couple characters that aren't necessarily connected with like all of these like conspiracies that are flying around she's definitely on the outside she has a personal connection for elliot but not necessarily involved in the conspiracies and the hacking and all that uh all right. and then uh, who else yes and the final big character that we'll reveal his name is tyrell wellick mm-hmm. he's played by martin wallstrom or volstrom um <laughs> he is a junior executive at evil corp and he is the ubermensch Oh my, yes. He is blonde-haired, blue-eyed, in prime physical shape, and a genius programmer. So he is kind of like the true, like, threat. He represents kind of like a human, a true human threat on the side of Evil Corp that Elliot is against. So he has seen Elliot work his magic, he knows that Elliot is good at what he does, and so he's kind of, you know, he has, he's, Elliot is on his watch. Uh, for most of the series. And Wellick is ruthless. He is willing to do anything to climb the corporate ladder. Um, and he's also very tightly wound about it. As much as cool as he seems on the outside and in public, inside he is harboring some serious anger. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, no, he's screwed up. He's super There's, screwed up. Oh, the stuff they show him doing in this show is just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, kind of inexplicable. At certain yeah, points. Like at one point, he like leaves the office. He gets driven down to... Because uh, he's in his you know unmarked black car, driven sure. by a couple of, couple of heavies. And drive him down under a bridge to, so that he can beat up a homeless man. Yep. Just for fun? Vent his anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just mad about something, so he goes to kick the crap out of a homeless guy. Of course. Like, it's just weird stuff like that. It's crazy. All right. So, key thing here. 
since we're getting kind of towards the end of our time. The trope here, the key, the kind of linchpin of this whole thing that we have the not as- hit. The assignment, yes, even. Exactly. Elliot is an unreliable narrator. Oh, okay. Yes. So he is constantly in doubt of what's happening. He's not really sure if what's happening is happening at some points. He kind of questions it. But also the fact that everybody, even though the company is called E-Corp, and everybody's calling it Evil Corp, even the people that work there are calling it Evil Corp. It's definitely, it shows that the show is, even when Elliot's not around, it's through this filter of how Elliot would see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much filtered through his eyes, his POV. Gotcha. I mean, you have this narration that kind of runs throughout that makes commentary on scenes when what's happening kind of tell you his thought process. But we don't, we learn that he maybe, you can't trust what he says. Like, it's not necessarily true. Like, this is a guy with problems. And he doesn't necessarily see things as they are. And he's paranoid. So that paranoia comes across. Yeah, and like he frequently sees men in black, and we're not sure if they're actually there. Sometimes, in some cases, like, early on, we see them, and they're just kind of always, like, lingering around. And then, like, at one point, they actually do, like, grab him and throw him in a car, you know? So, it's like, when is what he's seeing? When is it when he's see- whatever he's seeing is real, and when is it not? So, uh, Marcus, this is the thing that excites me the most about this episode of Sham Fiction yeah. is because we want you to explore this unreliable narrator thing, which is something that we haven't really done on the show specifically as an assignment. Sure. So we want you to just explore that concept, really kind of flex those muscles. It's something that I think everybody who's trying to write should learn how to do. It's very difficult. It's not an easy task, but I think you're up to it. All right. Yeah. So some potential things that you can do that happens all the time on the show is that Elliot is hacking someone that he's suspicious of. He's met someone new, and he's trying to dig and get the dirt on them and hating himself for doing it. Um, there's also that he's performing a hack for F Society. He's doing something for them to help them achieve their goal and trying to avoid detection. Um or more physical, a more physical action is that he might be on, like, the run from someone. He's constantly trying to avoid certain problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, let's get into bonus here. Um, first off, Ooh, sure. the commandment, as Eric has already hit on. I'll just say it again. Um, this must be written from Elliot's perspective. That sure. is your assignment, to write it from his perspective. Um, my bonus is... I would like your piece to include a twist. So, again, because this is an unreliable narrator, we have, like, perhaps a revelation at the end. Cool. Yeah, my bonus point, um, one of my favorite things that happens all the time is if we're talking, like, if if Elliot is talking about a character mm-hmm. or, like, meets somebody for the first time or even just, like, somebody he's known for a long time, at one point the narration will always jump to like so and so like this person i don't know this guy named jeff that i just met so i hacked him as soon as i met him and he'll like do this thing where he goes back in time and shows you the time that he hacked this guy just to know everything he can about him like got into their emails got into their their bank accounts got into everything 
uh, just so that he can understand this person and be on top of them in some sort of way. And he does this with every single person, friends, family, foes, whatever. Not that there's any family in the show, but anybody he will hack and he makes mention of it. And I think it's actually hilarious. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I hacked that guy. Like, of course you did, yeah. Elliot. It's like a quick dossier on that person. He'll kind of yep. run through it. Yep, okay. so here's the thing about this character. And it's a great, like, natural way to get exposition and, like, kind of tell you explicitly about somebody that doesn't feel forced because that is part of what Elliot's makeup is. Gotcha. So I want to see one of those moments. Sweet. Yeah. Has he ever hacked Mr. Robot? Ooh, I haven't seen it. He does. He tries, but he can't find anything on him. He can't even find anything on F Society online. Is there a G group that's going to come and fight both E and F? Ooh, I don't know. That's next season, girl. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So any other questions? Oh, I think I got this. I'm excited. If I have any other questions, I'll just hack you guys and... Get the information <gasps> from your notes. Oh, no! Yay. I'll keep an eye out for that fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just play a game. Everyone, uh, shout out the name of your favorite password. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, That's what Mr. we call Robot. social engineering. I'm uh, just kidding. What you should do is you should write your... it down and email it to... <laughs> <laughs> Along with your mother's maiden name and the name of your first pet. <laughs> yep, and the last there part you of your social. Don't forget those. Yay! And your birth date. All right. Well, awesome. Sounds good, man. We will see you in a bit. See ya. Hey, folks. While Marcus is off writing, we'd like to make a quick request. If you enjoyed the podcast, please support us by subscribing and get a new episode for free every Sunday. While you're at it, you might consider rating us as well. We like positive reviews, so if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you don't like the show, pretend you're writing a sham fiction of a positive review and get a little writing exercise out of it. That sounds like a sweet deal. All right, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. Okay, everybody, it's prediction time. Mr. Carlson, what do you think that Marcus is going to write in his rendition of Mr. Robot? Marcus, uh, we know Marcus loves sci-fi. I love sci-fi. You love sci-fi. We all I love do. sci-fi. Who doesn't love sci-fi? But Marcus especially has a deep abiding love for the genre. Uh, this is a show called Mr. Robot. I want him to latch on to the sci-fi aspect of that. I want to see an actual robot. <laughs> like a real, like automaton, like a Gearism. You know, you you're know. right. For a show with robot in the title, there is a severe lack of robots. I was disappointed when I watched in that there are zero robots. Yeah, so if 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 uh we can get a real robot, uh if we can get a real robot uh learning to love, that's even more bonus points for oh me because that's always great. Uh That's that actually has a really high likelihood of happen happening. Yeah. Marcus Marcus <laughs> he love one, he loves robots. Uh-huh. That's 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 part one. Yeah. And part two, he loves teaching them to love. <laughs> We know this to be true. How about, how about you? What are you uh, predicting? Uh, yeah, so my, my bonus point isn't necessarily about what's written, what's going to be on the page. Uh-huh. <laughs> Though, I mean, I guess in, in part, 
kind of has to do with it because <laughs> it needs to be written for him to say something. Uh-huh. And he needs, I want him to use an amazing Christian Slater impression. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be no my Christian, Christian Slater impression. It's very but, true. I mean, I want to see how, how, how well he does. And he, he knows who Christian Slater is. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christian Slater was on the West Wing. Fun oh. fact. Oh, then he yeah. knows who he is. That's Guest good. star uh-huh. for a little while. Man. Um, so, yeah, that's probably his only frame of reference. I, <laughs> I don't know if we've really heard much in the way of accents from, or, you know, impressions from Marcus in the past. It would be fantastic to hear Marcus doing a Christian Slater. Ah, I want it to happen. I don't know what it's going to be like. I have no idea, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Should we bring him in? Let's bring him in. Let's do it. All right. Hello, friends. How have you been? Uh, domo, domo arigato. Mr. Arigato. Robot. Guys, I gotta tell oh. you, unfortunately, when I was writing this, I didn't actually put Christian Slater in. So I'm getting the voice out now, and I'm telling you so you're not too disappointed when we start reading. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. That's, that's, I'm super happy. I'm super that happy. Was, it was such a high and then such a low. <laughs> I'm such so quick. Because when quick I got succession. this pitch, I was like, yeah, I can kind of do a Christian Slater. I'm really excited <laughs> for this. Then I wrote the story and I realized, oh, crap, Mr. Robot's not actually in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, spoiler alert, but also, yeah. dang it. I'd yeah. rather you be sad now Take than that, at Andrew. the end of my story. <laughs> This is a you, oh man! This is a sad way to enter this story. I'm call it low spirits. Expectations. Well, I'm still excited. Let's let's hear this thing. All right, let's let's roll with Marcus Mann's Mister Robot. Yeet. Hello again, my friends. Once more, I find myself sitting in my apartment after the sun has gone down, illuminated only by the glare of my monitor, as I haven't stood in the past three hours to turn the lights on. I'm waiting for a connection so slow I think it should be classified as cruel and unusual punishment that anyone is forced to use it. I'm only hacking it, and I find it intolerable. So, what are we working on? It's a long story, but based on the slow crawl of this progress bar, I think I have the time to tell it. Today, we're going to travel back in time. Not literally, of course. If I could do that, I would try to stop Evil Corp from ever coming into existence, and we know how well that worked out for Sarah Connor. No. <laughs> I want you to think back to when you were in elementary school. Between your games of tag at recess and despair over the lunch schedule, you had classes. And in those classes from time to time, you would have exams. Tests to prove that you had learned the material covered in the subject, but also standardized evaluations to place you on a national scale. That's what you know now. The education department is host to an unending parade of standards that get trotted out to our public schools to examine exactly how well each state is doing relative to each other. Programs like Common Core and the provisions of the No Child Left Behind Act ensure that we're all getting a standardized education that keeps our populace comfortably behind Singapore and Hong Kong in the global rankings, as well as places like Sylvania and Estonia. Look it up if you don't believe me. Do you even know where Estonia is? Of course you don't. You went to school in the U.S. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) The point is this. Today you understand why these examinations are necessary. To calibrate funding. To... Make America great. Perhaps you've even explained these facts to your children when they've asked you the same question you asked when you were a child. Why do I have to take these tests? Turns out, the kids have the right idea. 
the data from those tests isn't secured in any reasonable way. Sure, IDs are often used to provide anonymity when the data is being provided for national studies, but the keys to reverting those sets to link them back to the original students are generally kept in plain text on unprotected servers, and paper copies can even be collected with a legitimate sounding request and a nice smile at most institutions. We don't run <laughs> national exams on data privacy literacy, but if you've been paying attention to me at all, you'd be able to guess that the U.S. would score pretty low on that front. Why do I have to take these tests? It all comes down to aptitude. Yes, it's important to know how good the country is at qualitative and quantitative analysis to see where we can improve, but the data is much greater interest to Evil Corp. They own your debt, and they can prey on individuals who have shown a historic lack of literacy in mathematics since childhood. These are the prime targets for high interest rates and abusive loan terms. Evil Corp knows you're going to fail to understand what you're getting into, and then they will own you. F Society wants to burn the whole system to the ground, reset the clock on everyone's debt, and liberate the nation from the tyranny of my employer. That also shows a poor understanding of mathematics. Without the banks, the world doesn't go into a state of harmony. It goes into a state of panic. Some debts are earned, and you can't bet that a bank running the numbers down to zero will make anyone forget that. What it would do is cost lives. But F Society being wrong doesn't make Evil Corp right. There has to be something we can do and targeting the targets to adjust their loan rates seems like a good start. Evil Corp has a process to carry out, and it employs good people with the bad. That process has to continue running until I can determine what to do with the company as a whole. I know Mr. Robot has some ideas. But there are tolerances within each input parameter for debt collection that won't cause a critical error. Now, I have two options for adjusting that parameter. First, I could dial down the loan rate on existing accounts. Or second, I could reduce the number of targets that are being generated by the educational data. You might think the first option is easier, because I have access to the security systems at Evil Corp through my day job, but you'd be wrong. If I get kicked out of the system, I lose my access, and I need that intact for the day of reckoning. No, the better option is cutting them off at the data source. That impact won't be felt for a longer term, and I can't help the people in debt today, but I can still make a difference. Remember when I told you I could get the records by hacking poorly defended public school servers or just going into an office with a smile? You should. It's important to remember how easy it is for your privacy to disappear in the wrong hands. Well, I never had that winning smile, but I do have a long focused lens and a hoodie to disguise my identity. Enter Principal Campbell. I took this picture a week ago. She's cute, isn't she? Attractive woman, young for the role, and taking in a healthy government salary. She's even more competent than most. The server at her school has multiple layers of password protection. The first was the general system access code from the IT department. I say department, but his name is Harold. Unfortunately for Harold, the sticky note containing the password was clearly visible through the window in the staff room. Fighting eagles with ones instead of eyes? All one word? I probably could have cracked it faster myself, but I was already scouting out Campbell, so it wasn't much hassle. Alas, the records I wanted weren't available on the first layer of password protection. I needed Campbell's password. But Elliot, you ask, what good is getting the records from a single elementary school going to do in making a national change? It won't. No good. Do you want me to praise you every time you get something right? I'll get to how it works in a moment. We've only just hit 90% on my progress bar. I mentioned that Campbell is competent, and that reaches beyond having a password for her own files. She's also doing a research project. You see, she wants to be the superintendent someday, and she thinks she can do that by finding a way to get more funding for her school, thus showing her financial acumen. 
A large chunk of that funding is determined based on these standardized test scores, so she positioned to be able to do an anonymous review of the scores of her students versus the answer keys used around the nation. She has all the data I need, and she's going to do my work for me. So, how did I hack her to get her password? Porn. Hmm. Yes, I know you wouldn't expect that for a woman, but it works disappointingly often. Offer a free selection of pornographic downloads via email for someone creating a username and password, and they'll usually sign up. Most of the time, that password is the same one they use for everything. I got complete access. Because I could spoof the IP at this point up to the school's network, thanks to Harold, I was able to see everything about her from her Amazon order history to her college love letters, without any of those services logging unusual access behavior. Would you look at that? My transfer's finished. I took the liberty of writing my algorithms earlier. I hope you don't mind. I always think that was I always thought that was cheating on the cooking shows, but it does save time. So here they are, already prepared. The first pass identifies the commonly wrong answers. In the multiple choice tests, there are often trap answers that are designed to get the test takers to miss the question. What you may not know is that oftentimes these have a greater selection rate than the correct answer. Once I know what these questions are, the second script will change the answers on the key to make the false answers read as correct. Yes, the kids who actually got the answers right will now get the wrong, but they'll live. The goal here is to drive up the average and protect the easily manipulated. Finally, my programs will verify this distribution will work on a national scale and match the other answer keys. All I have to do now is upload the adjusted keys to the school's server. Principal Campbell will see that her students were underscored when she manually compares the answers. She'll report the error, sending my answer key to the Education Department server for them to verify her findings. When it's lodged on a federal server, my Trojan will replace the answer keys with my corrected versions across the whole country. A nationwide rescoring will raise our educational standard, ensuring that the schools everywhere get more funding. Miss Campbell is well on her way to a promotion, and Evil Corp doesn't have these test scores to find targets for their abusive loan terms. Not bad for a night's work. Assuming the connection isn't lost overnight during my upload, I might even get a few hours of sleep before reporting to Allsafe. Holy shit, are you finally done? The woman who almost made me fall out of my chair there, with her sudden declaration and flick of the light switch, is Darlene. How long has she been sitting in there watching me, I wonder? How long have you been sitting there watching me? I came came when the sun went down a few hours ago. Mr. Robot wanted me to make sure you didn't mess this up. I've got to move. I've tried changing my security, but she keeps finding her way in. Why is Mr. Robot himself so interested in changing a couple test scores? Elliot, get some sleep. You're not clear in the head. Do you really think that's what you've been doing? I don't know what you're talking about. The dead I've just corrected. Good night, Elliot. I'll report to the boss that it's done. The Trojan is on its way. And if you do end up moving, leave the furniture. I want better comfort the next time I break in. <laughs> I was just watching her, and I didn't hear her close the door. Did you? Maybe I do need some sleep. I did write that Trojan, right? You saw me do that. Well, no, I, I guess you didn't. I... I was prepared earlier, but Principal Campbell, I showed you her picture. See, remember, she's cute, and... Do you notice the men in black suits in the background of the photograph? Uh. Were they there before? I've got to go, my friends. The progress bar is ticking, and I'm not sure if its agonizing pace will be enough this time. So much for a few hours of sleep. The end. <laughs> oh, hey. goodness! I'm sorry if there was a lack of verbal response from me throughout that, but I kind of just had my mouth agape the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Quite all right. 
It's just that wow. it was so dense. I I ha- I was trying to listen very clearly or very closely. Um, what, there was, what was a lot the, happening. Uh, what was the word count on that one, Marcus? I was just shy of two thousand. It did not feel like it. No, <laughs> that t- was a fast two thousand. Yeah, that was uh, that was with the, the performance. You, yeah, you 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 have to you speak so fast, which is good because when you're talking in that like tech jargon and um, through those details, those extensive details, it's just like the, the character on the show to kind of speed through it and then just get to the the sum up, you know, um, which is good. <laughs> oh gosh, this was so much fun. Um, I mean, you to me, you didn't quite like nail the tone. Uh, the tone that you hit was, I think, a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun than the show. The show is like deathly serious all the time, deadly serious, deathly serious, whatever. Um, but you really did hit this sort of ranting sort of thing. You you took a system. Uh, and you broke it down. You like explained to the audience why this thing is broken, what what the implications of that are. You kind of created this whole world through your description of these systems, and that is impressive. And that really does speak true to Mr. Robot to me from the, the few episodes I've seen. And I was impressed by that. So Thank congratulations. You. That was great. Yeah, you know, I... I would say that I felt this was. Pr- I would disagree with Eric in saying that this. I think this was very close to the show. I think a lot of the distance came from the way you performed it, which was a little quirkier and a little, you know, fast. You know, little. I don't know. He felt very nerdy in the the way yeah. that you performed it. Um, but I could see Rami Malek, the actor from the show, performing this, and it sounding just like Elliot. Um, it just, would take twenty minutes longer <laughs> than this did. It's true. He uh, speaks a lot slower on the show, except when he's like really, really cooking in the hack. But man, uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Like again, I, my mouth was agape. My ear was to the my earphone. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope so. Um, and I was with it like the whole time. I I was on board. I was it was it was fast. It was engaging. It was fun. You know, it's it's like a puzzle. You know, you're trying to figure it out with him. You know, he's he's a step ahead of you, or at least he thinks he is. And you're trying to catch up the whole time, and that's a lot of fun. I like it when the characters and stories are smarter than me you know and i have to and i have to kind of run to catch up and i think this really pulled that off so good work how was the process for you man how'd this go it was it was tricky man uh this was a lot of different challenges on top of just coming up with a story structure so had to play with the unreliable narrator which Mm -hmm. comes in more at the end um there was coming up with a legitimate hacking challenge and also what is the mission right i didn't want to just have some bs mission i wanted to come up with something that was a little bit interesting and commented on some of the societal issues that seem to be significant to this show so you said this character seems smart uh that takes a lot of time to write someone who's smarter than you right because you gotta plan things out and uh you know what takes me 30 minutes to work through, he should be able to work through in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that was yep. definitely a challenge and part of how I set it up. 
And then I was trying to figure out, I didn't really have an idea of how his narration sounds like in the show. I didn't get much of an impression of that other than he's paranoid and clever and he'll use a lot of computer terms to describe things. So I thought he would just be rapid fire, you know, not uh, really able to take things and explain them in a simple way for us. Just very much going through. And I took some inspiration from the opening scene in The Social Network. Yeah. Where, uh, oh, okay. Zuckerberg is talking us through how he's setting up his Facebook program at, or whatever that was in the first section. Some was, face uh, match. Ranking yeah, people some, face yep. match, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I took some of that as some of the attitude that I put into this. That's good. Very cool. That's a good... Uh, um, place to pull from because it's it's not too far from how the show feels in the hacking sequence though that 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 bit is very slick yeah marcus your uh your reading of this reminded me so much of your version of radical edward from cowboy bebop it made me very <laughs> very happy Again. i mean there's they're both hackers so it's kind of it makes sense that's that's the hacker character for you marcus yeah yeah i love it that that kind business. of that's what made me excited for this is because I thought back to Ed before we pitched this and I was like yeah Marcus is gonna is gonna rock this and he so, did so some fun eerie similarities to the show sure um, first of all the one man IT department and Elliot exploiting that happens in the show nice. um, <laughs> he, there's like he he talks about some like middle aged balding man that's the uh, IT department that's for right. a hospital and that's he right. goes that's yeah. Amazing. And it's in, he, like, the first three episodes. Yep, yep. And then uh, using porn to get someone's uh, information. He does that to, uh, to a guy at one point <laughs> early in the show. Is um, it fishing like that? The same sort of sort of way in uh, Marcus's? Yeah, same thing. Nice. Same exact thing. That's awesome. Nice. Very cool. But, yeah, no, and then just, like, some of the, the broader... Um, references or points that you really hit like you even mentioned outright um the criticizing society like him dropping in those barbs at how the test scores work and how evil corp exploits that um and then also the way you set up and executed the picture and the background material for the principal i mean that just Mm -hmm. felt of the same rhythms and the same sorts of details that we would find in his rundowns of the people that he's hacking or that he's just interfacing with in general. So really, really eerily close. (laughs) Marcus, did, uh, did you research at all? Did you do any research for this piece? Yeah. Well, some of the education stuff, uh, you know, like Slovenia and Estonia are higher up in the rankings than us. Okay. Uh, I was also trying to figure out what the current government standards were, but that was about it. Sure. Okay. So, uh, the stuff you made up about like how the information, like test scores and everything are stored server, stuff like that. That was all just fiction. Yeah. Although probably pretty accurate, but it sounds legit the way you describe it. I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. Well, stuff like that happens in, in, uh, education all the time. I mean, if, if yeah. you follow, read any of the articles about hacks that happen frequently, which is just uh-huh. something I do for fun, not the hacking, the weird the articles. Um, oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> then you'll see that that's the biggest problem is that even really secure places like banks or people dealing with credit card information will often just have p- plain text. Um, and oh, sure. 
it's amazing what kind of access you can get at like a college, high school, elementary level just with a little smile. <laughs> sure. You know, I I think back to um, a, a lesser known Chris Evans joint called The Perfect Score. <laughs> in which Captain America and Black Widow, yes, both Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson are in this movie, uh, try to steal back their standardized test scores and make them better. <laughs> it's the best. That sounds hot. All right, score time. Yeah, I think Ooh. we're there. Um, we Eric, do, do you want to start? Oh, sure. Why not? So, uh, bonus points, my bonus points were um, that you would have a good, like, I hacked him mm-hmm. sort of moment. And you did, of course. The, I hacked the principal lady with the porn. So that was great. You did, did a good job. And it felt very true to the show as well. All the beats you hit there. Everything you kind of learned about them. Like, ta- like yeah, I found out their Amazon, you know, Amazon uh, purchase history. Found out this, found out that. And that just kind of rattled off of this information that you picked up from uh, this hack. And that's perfect. Absolutely spot on. Good job. So you got my points there. Um, and then uh, my secret bonus points. You didn't hit. Sorry. Oh, no. My, sec- my secret bonus points were that Mr. Robot would include an actual robot. <laughs> And uh, you decided to stick a little closer to the source than that, so I'm a little disappointed, but I don't fault you for it. I'm glad <laughs> I, I, you stuck to the assignment. <laughs> yeah, next time. Next There's time, also the double gadget. secret probation bonus points, Eric. <laughs> double secret probation bonus points? Yeah. What was that? Well, that the oh, specifically... Oh, that if you had a robot, <laughs> that the extra points would be that you would teach him to love... <laughs> I do love teaching a robot to love. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that you you gave the um, the unreliable narrator thing a shot. It was a little weak. It felt a little tagged on at the end, where I didn't quite feel that I shouldn't trust this narrator. But it is a short piece, and that is, I think, a challenge, a huge challenge for a short piece because in most situations when you have an unreliable narrator you have the length of a novel to realize that the person who's telling you the story is full of crap and in this we had 2000 words yeah. to sow some sow some seeds of doubt so we couldn't really get to that but we did get a little thing at the end where it's like wait did I tell you that wait is that the truth is this the truth there was a little confusion at the end that I appreciated so good shot uh, good try uh, something that's definitely fun to play with, um, and you did pretty well with it. Uh, so score for me, I haven't thought of a metric of, for this, but I guess uh, I'm, I'm trying to think like computer terms, servers. You got a, a server room filled with 40 server banks, right? You're yeah. hacking that. Say I can that see is it. say that's Evil Corp's main server bank Ooh, of I'm forty servers. It. Ooh, tell it to me. Describe I'm it to me. I'm saying it's so we got we got cables on yep. the floor and I the can, ceilings. We have channels. There are zip ties bundling things together. How does it feel? How does it feel? Lights. In room? It's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cold. Ooh, it's yeah. like you're, you're in a meat locker. Yeah. And when you breathe, there's a fog. <laughs> A fog out coming out of your mouth. <laughs> These machines are operating like, efficiently. Ah, ah. Oh yeah. man! There's there's a there's a light whir, an efficient. 
that makes you know that, that things are working. It's not loud, but it's there. How it's many definitely are in there? there. How many 40. Are there? 40 so how servers. Many, how many does he get? How many servers does he get? He he successfully hacks 35 out of 40 of the servers. Ooh. Didn't quite get the full shebang, but that's a lot of uh that's a lot of data that's been breached, my friend. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yes, me. Uh, so my secret bonus points, I'm going to say you did get, even though it was, it was in your preamble you before you it. started yep. the story. And that was, I wanted you to speak like Christian Slater. I wanted a Marcus Mann, Christian Slater impression. Because I was like, he knows Christian Slater. He's like Christian Slater to guest start on the, the West Wing, you know, and he's been in other things. Um, so you get it. Votes with Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. That's exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna say that you got those. Way to go! Even though they weren't, it wasn't in the piece. It was. It was. You you did it. I heard what I wanted to hear. Um, and then my bonus points. My no more bonus points were that I wanted a twist, and there was a twist. Uh, but it. I mean, it's a twist in that it, it's exactly a twist. I don't know why. It's just it, 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 it recontextualized the piece. I mean, that's what a twist is. Um, but I'm with Eric in that it was a twist using the unreliable narrator thing, which is dead on. I mean, that's what the show does. Um, but it just kind of feels very crammed in there at the end. And... I wanted to see more breaks in the veneer throughout the piece, some hints. And again, this was a dense, dense piece, but I don't know if I ever caught any of those um, throughout the rest. And I'm not sure if you peppered those in there and I just missed them, but I was missing something that I think would help me lead into that bit at the end. But when it happened, it was good. It gave me little chills, especially, like, the men in black in the photo. And yeah. that bit when Darlene just, like, kind of disappears. Like, that's that's some freaky stuff. And I like that. I like that a lot. It just kind of came out of left field at the end. Um, uh, but that was kind of the biggest... That's my biggest criticism of this piece. Um, yeah, Marcus. And, yeah, I, I mean, I would completely agree with that criticism. Uh, I won't try to justify it. I will say there are things that I thought of that w- didn't make it into the piece. Sure. So, like, I, I was going to have more of an explanation of the amount of time it was taking for this process was because they were downloading things other than what he thought he was downloading. Mm. That there was more going on there. Uh, okay. But a twist is very difficult to do in a short story because you don't have much time to contextualize. So it's very hard to flip something. Yeah. And this was a case where we gave you, uh, there were several pieces to this assignment that didn't necessarily work together. I mean, we were telling you that this is, the whole point of this exercise is to do unreliable narrator, uh, but Andrew's telling you that he wants to see a twist, I'm telling you that I want to see a hack, you know, there's all these different parts that have to fit into this, and at some point you have to choose what you're going to focus on. And it's clear that you didn't necessarily focus on the uh, unreliable narrator part. You focused on, you know, or or whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. You, you had to choose. You couldn't do everything 100%. 
Yeah, yes. but I would say that the unreliable narrator thing and the twist really tie in together well. As two kind of items, if you pluck those, they they kind of complement each other rather well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you even you even did what you said, Marcus. You this piece really gets you into it fast. You understand what's going on. You get the character. It's dense with information. You get that context in this piece. I think if you would have put some cracks in there, it would have been spot on. So my score is gonna be that the par- the progress bar is gonna stop at. It's just really good dead air there. Fifty-five. No, not that low. Fifty-five. <laughs> not that low. Uh, at, 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 at ninety out of out of a hundred. Nice. All right. Maybe ninety-one. I'll give you the extra one. Ninety-one percent, and then it nice. stops. But we got ninety-one percent of the points downloaded. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. I do want to watch the show now. Where can I watch it? Yeah, so the first season is available for streaming for you Amazon Prime customers out there. You can stream the whole first season, which is 10 episodes. And the second season, at the time of this episode's release, would have just wrapped up. So you can probably rent them. Or if you are on cable, maybe the episodes are replaying on the USA Network. And it Um, just got picked up for a third season. So, oh, believe look at them. that. Yay. Now's the time to Excellent. get on the bandwagon. More Christian Slater coming at you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> well, That's exciting. <laughs> until next time, everybody, don't use the same password for everything. Especially and don't use porn. your mother's middle na- or maiden name as your secret question. Because, come on. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's easy. easy. I can look it's that up. Play. I can look that. I can look that crap up. Good advice, guys. So, until next time, huh? Until next See ya. time. <laughs> Bye, Bye, friends. This has been Andrew Neal for Championship. <laughs> <laughs>Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Oh, sorry if I spooked you, listeners. I spooked myself a little there. Oh, yikes. Fitting, though. Tis the season for tricks and treats and ghouls and goblins. And we here on Sham Fiction are fixing to celebrate with four weeks of frights. Yes, October is now Spooky-tober here on the show, and we're kicking it off with a rollicking troop of ne'er-do-wells that's likely to inspire some costumes this Hallow's Eve. Grab your baseball bat, booty shorts, and boomerang, because we're off to battle with the worst heroes ever. Next time on Sham Fiction.